BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. It's Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, and the host of Friend of a Friend a show where we get to sit down with some of my friends, your friends, and new friends to host inspiring conversations about building something from the ground up. We have another incredible guest on today, the one and only Brittany Xavier, who's a style influencer, TikTok phenomenon, and mom to her insanely cool 13-year-old daughter, Jaden. Alongside her street style photographer husband, Anthony, the two have built a media empire with over a million followers on Instagram where they cover all the latest fashion and beauty trends and attend fashion weeks around the world. But last fall, she decided to take the plunge on TikTok, the social media app which used to be Musical.ly and has now obviously taken over the internet. In just half a year, she's aggregated over 2 million followers and become a leading figure on the platform. For her next level, innovative and creative, pause if you have not gone and check out those videos, now would be the right time to do it. Because they take us through everything from her styling tips to makeup tricks to even social justice causes that she's passionate about. All that being said, this is why I asked her on the podcast today. I, like most of you, have been so captivated by TikTok, but in this like really weird, creepy way where I feel too old for the thing, I sit in bed all night and just scroll through videos. I haven't even made an account. I don't think I can like things, but I send them to friends all day, every day. And I just feel like it's this whole other world. There are like trends on there that I don't see anywhere else. I'm hearing songs on there that I've never heard before, but I'm determined to debunk it. So I'm bringing on the person that knows it best. Brittany gives us a crash course in the platform. She tells us why she's putting a lot of her eggs in that basket in terms of content creation for the next year. We talk all about her journey as one of the top fashion influencers in the world. And she also opens up about her beautiful journey to motherhood and how she's parenting during really challenging times amid the coronavirus pandemic. We covered so much ground. I'm so excited to have her on. Here's my friend, Brittany Xavier. I always start off every show with where are you from and where do you live now? So I'm originally from Glendora, California, which is very small. I guess it's a small town, but it's Southern California. And now I live in Pasadena, California, which is literally 20 minutes away from it, (laughs) from where I grew up. (laughs) Moved far. Moved very very far. far. (laughs) Honestly, though, like I don't blame you. Like if you grew up in California, leaving California is really hard. It is. Like the quality of life is unparalleled. Like you wake up every day to 75 degrees. Yeah. And we love to ski in the winter and we love the beach. We're actually going to go after this. That's nice to just have those nearby without having to travel. And especially now too, it's been really nice. Right. And now also like, I really want a backyard because from being home, it's like now I actually want more space, but I don't want to go to the Midwest or I don't want to go somewhere where I can have tons of land. I just want to, I still want to stay in California. (laughs) It changes your mindset. It changes the way you navigate through life. So now as I'm like slowly starting to transition back here, not so slowly because of COVID, I'm like fully here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's been interesting to like re-find my like adulthood in the city that I grew up in. But like figuring out what it is that I like to do here as an adult has been a really interesting challenge. Do you miss New York or no? Oh my God. During this? Yes, because I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's there, but you can't have it. So like that, that's been like a pain for me. Yeah. Especially just having been there for so long and all of my closest friends are there. Yeah. But like energetically, yeah, I'm just, I'm a little, it's, it's different, but I think it's also, I've felt, and I'm sure you can relate to this greatly, 
But I think I underestimated what stability does for you as a person. Yeah. In like being 100%. home. <laughs> Brittany's face just now changed. Brittany's face. We but had like some very deep conversations during quarantine. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, oh, sorry. Yes. Like, but just like, you can what, curse, we, like what we wanted, you know? Yes. And it's like, wow. Like I looked at my calendar from last year and I traveled every week or weekend consistently the whole year. Yeah. And I feel like in the past three months of being home, I've like learned a lot about myself. I've like right. taken up new skills and I never thought I would take up. Yeah. And I feel 10 times weirdly more confident in myself because I think I've just like had a routine of life. Right. Like I feel more sure about things. Well, and I'm like, how did I even get things done before with how much I traveled? Like I'm so busy now and I'm just like, I'm home every day. So how the hell did I do it before where I went and I had to film or did whatever but it's just like, I'm like, I had no schedule. Like I was just, you know, packed the night before, figure it out. I wasn't very like super organized with my trips as far as like, you know, some people like plan a lot. No, I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. Like we always lived like that. So it's nice to have that time at home, even though it's for a weird reason for sure. Yeah. And I'm sure it's been so nice to hang out with Jaden. Yeah, it has. Like Jaden is Brittany's daughter for everybody who doesn't know, but I'm <laughs> assuming you all know. <laughs> she's 13 and she, you know, she was really bummed because she had a big field trip that there were, you know, all these different events got canceled. She had been practicing for this performance at her school, all of everything got canceled. So I think at the beginning it was kind of depressing because it was like, okay, well now she's home every day and she's actually sad. Like she was never one to not like school anyway. But now that she couldn't go, it was more like, okay, I really miss my friends. I really miss all the events we were looking forward to. So once we kind of got over that and realized everyone, you know, everyone's going through it. So try to walk her through that a little bit more. But yeah, it's been nice to be like, typically I'd be gone for different trips. And I had all these things scheduled where my mom was going to watch her. But my mom's like, okay, I guess I'm not babysitting anymore. I'm like, yeah, literally like everything. Like you're home. But so you grew up in Glendora and now you're obviously have a massive presence in the fashion industry. Was fashion a big part of your upbringing? I mean, as far as I was just always into it, I was always into, you know, having my magazine subscriptions. It wasn't as far as like my family, like my mom wasn't really into fashion. You know, my surrounding family wasn't either. So I guess it was more like people would come to me to be like, oh, can you figure out my outfit? I'm going to a wedding or, you know, so even when I was younger, mm-hmm. I would do that, like help them. Like, oh, I think you should wear these shoes with it. But I was really into thrift stores all through high school and vintage stores. So I would, you know, some of my friends would even like, I was very into like really pointed flats and some of my friends would make fun of me because they're like, what are you, where did you get that one from? I'm like, oh, it's like this vintage store on Melrose, you know, but I was super into it. But and my friends were into fashion, I think a little bit in high school, but I, not as much as I was for sure. But yeah, it was just always something I really loved. That's amazing. I love that. I feel like so many people that end up in fashion had something for vintage. There was something about it. And also I could afford it more too. Like I could afford it at that time. I was working in an ice cream shop in high school. So it's like, I would save my money for, you know, like little things that were like a resale designer or whatever. So totally my splurges for sure. After that, how did you initially be like, okay, I'm going into fashion because I know you went to, you were in college and you totally switched your, your focus, right? So I was very for, okay, for being loving fashion, I never thought I would have a career in it because I was always very, I was always very safe. Like I would always save my money. I would always, you know, be very like being an entrepreneur seemed very scary to me and also like unsafe, like anything could happen. You could lose your business. Like it's all on you. So that did not seem fun at all to be, I'm going to go pursue fashion. I'm going to do fashion design. Like that did not seem up my alley. I was always into reading. I loved writing papers. So being an attorney was always just something that I was like, this is safe. I can do well with this. And also it's nice to be knowledgeable and be more powerful in that sense too. So in school, I was a political science major, but when I met my husband, when we were planning our wedding, that was my first experience with blogs because I would read all these wedding blogs for all these like DIY tips. So after we got married, we had all this free time and we had gotten camera for our wedding. Basically I was like, let's just do a blog, but we can do it just like with my outfits and we can show what we're doing on the weekends, even though we wouldn't really do much. We, you know, had regular jobs. So it definitely started out as more of a hobby than like, I'm going into fashion. It was more just like, Oh, this is fun. If we can make like a few commissions online, that would be amazing. But it was never like this would be a full-time income 
I would have never believed myself if I told myself that this is what I was doing. I've been like, yeah, right. That's not stable. (laughs) Totally. I like that you like grew up with this like very like entrepreneurs. It's not happening. I know. I was very structured. I get that though. Like to us, when we first started what we were doing, I don't think we went into it being like, we're going to be entrepreneurs. I think at the end of the day, you build a platform to an extent where you're like, wow, like this is a real business. Like there's something that I can do here. And then the entrepreneurial gear kicks in. And I think that's where a lot of people, there's like a misconception there where it's like, people think we initially set out and like we label ourselves as entrepreneurs. It was like an afterthought. Yeah. That comes later in this process. Yeah. It's more of like a creative outlet. And also I graduated college in 2010. So it was very much in that recession time. So it was very like, I didn't want to take any risks with, you know, starting out and who knows what could happen in a few years. So I was very safe, especially going through the recession hitting too. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way now who are graduating. I know. Yeah. Bringing me flashbacks. Like, thank God I'm not in college right now, which is like bringing me back to all that. Totally. That was something I am grateful. I didn't have to think about in college. So I have so much empathy for kids right now that are graduating that feel like they don't have the opportunity to maybe take an entrepreneurial leap because of the environment that they were in, where it's like, they feel like they have to go into something structured. And I get DMs all the time of people being like, how do I like make my side hustle a real thing? And it must be really challenging to like manifest that when the world is kind of crumbling. And I think with something like this as well, like you, it forces you to take a, maybe a lower paying job or like a less qualified job than you would want just to get your foot in the door, which right. for me now, if I that's hire a huge someone, hack, by the way, to anybody listening right now, that's a massive hack. It's like, if you can, and obviously that, you know, it goes a little bit like if, you know, you have the money saved and you can, but just get your foot in the door with something just to get your resume built. And I think a lot of people hold off. They're like, no, that's like not my dream job, but it's like starting out, especially with the, how competitive it's going to be when things start picking up again. It's like you have to, depending on what you really want to do, but. Yeah, keep going and at least do try and do something. Yeah, I remember I tell the story a lot, but like my, I had gotten into NYU. I moved to New York. The first day that I moved there, not even like the, my first day of school, I was, I think I went to New York like two weeks before school started and I randomly got in touch with a friend whose friend worked at Teen Vogue and was in desperate need of an intern. And I was like, well, I'll go. Like, I'll I'll, like, let me go. Like I've worked in magazines and that's like my dream internship. Like, let's go. Yeah. So I go and the end up, the internship ends up being in entertainment, which like if you're from Los Angeles to some extent, you're like, yeah, absolutely not. Like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. But I ended up getting the internship and I took it because I was like, okay, like it might be six, eight months of me doing entertainment shit that I really, really don't love and that I'm right. kind of tired of after growing up in LA. But like, if I work really, really hard at this for six months, I can probably ask to transition to the fashion closet. And I ended up working in the closet for a year. So like, yeah. that's totally something that I always recommend people do. If you're good too, most companies hire from interns before they hire outside for sure. Totally. But so you started blogging as Thrifts and Threads. Yeah. Which like, by the way, I forgot to connect those dots because I remember like (laughs) obviously knowing about you. And then I was reading something recently in like my research for this. And I was like, holy shit, she was Thrifts and Threads. (laughs) I forgot. so funny. I know. I forget actually sometimes too. And one of my friends made a joke about the other day and I was like, that's literally so funny because people would come up to me and be like, oh, thrifts, I love, <laughs> like they would call me that as my first name. I'm like, Let's I mean, that's that. like the Instagram generation of like, people call me live with two V's. And I'm like, come on guys. Like I was in the 10th grade. I couldn't find Olivia Perez or Liv Perez with one V. I had no idea this would brand me for life. Wait, so you're actually in my phone with two V's. Live. See what I mean? Everybody see what I mean? No, my I name like- has one V, but like I just was in the 10th grade and I had no idea it was going to be for life. I tried to get Liv Perez without it. And the girl tried to kind of scheme me for some money. And I was like, look, dude, I actually want to talk a little bit about that because I feel like in our line of work specifically, there's some, there's a moment in, in terms of it being a hobby when we're younger and starting out. And then it became a profession for us. It's super real. And like, there's a moment where you feel the need to like pull away from like the blogger type and make you the personality. And there's like a big sense of like rebranding in that. So I'd love to hear 
a little bit about that because I can like literally think of 10 of our friends that have done the same thing where like everybody had these really, really cool names. And then in growing your business and wanting to like become a personality brand, there's a very intentional shift there. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey in that. Yeah. So I think it was like when people had started coming up to me more and when I sat down and thought about it with my husband too, I'm like, when we started this, we didn't think that this would be anything. Like we thought it was going to be like a few commissions online. Like nowhere did we think that people were going to be calling me this by my first name, you know, like where do we want to take this long term? When I first started, I was doing a lot of, I was doing affordable, but high end, but it was a lot of thrift stores when I first started too. When about like six to eight months in, I was not linking to any of the items on my blog because most of them were from thrift stores in LA and people that were following me, like, I, can you link to similar items? But they were, it was just very hard to like make it super sustainable as far as providing the resources of where to find my outfits. Cause it's like, hi, I have the best thrift stores around. Obviously I'm going to find great cashmere and leather pieces when people going thrifting in other States, like slim pickings, you know? So I started transferring out of that, like probably a year in, I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing more like affordable brands, but that actually in store is like ASOS or um, H&M. So I had just kept the name though. Cause I was like, oh, it's fine. But then when we sat down, I'm like, I really don't cover thrift stores that much. It doesn't make sense to my branding. I'm doing a lot of high-end designer shows and it just like, doesn't make sense as far as like where I want to be long-term. And we were trying to think of other names, but we just landed on, let's just do Brittany Xavier. We renamed the blog, my website and changed all my social handles. But it kind of took a lot with working with Instagram and Facebook to get all those like change at the same time. But it was actually just so much nicer because signing in, I could just say like any meetings, it was just my name. And then it was self versus like thrifts and threads by Brittany Xavier. You know, it was like very confusing. Yeah. And I think a lot of times with explaining they're like what publication, I'm like, oh, it's myself. It's my blog. Like it just like was much more streamlined. I've had so many people ask me about this, by the way, when like, People are asking, how do I get my start on Instagram or how do I start posting? And I'm always like, make a username that's your name. I know. I wish I would have done that. I mean, same to an extent. But at the same time, too, like at the time that we all started, it was like that was the thing you like made a, a name, like a blog name or like a brand name, but it wasn't your totally. own name. It's totally. almost like that was like more the trend. But that was like I had friend of a friend. Yeah. You at the time, too, the blogs weren't nearly as big as they were you know, now and how like familiar, I mean, when I started, my friends were like, what are you doing? Are you modeling? Like they found my account. And they're like, what are you doing on there? I'm like, Oh, I'm like taking my outfits. I like link to the products. And they're like, what? They like, n- none of them knew what I was doing. So it, it was not as well known as it is now where people are like, Oh, I want to go to school for what you're doing. I'm like, you probably can, but I did it. <laughs> I was just talking to one of my interns and she was like, yeah, she goes to USC. And she was like, I'm taking a class in the fall on podcasting. And I was like, I grabbed my chair. I was like, they offer podcasting classes now? Like, that's crazy. Like, what are, what are they teaching in that? Like, what are, does the person have a podcast that's teaching it? I hope. (laughs) I'd assume so. They'll probably teach like best, like best uses for like, yeah, best practices for like starting a podcast. Like there's probably a lot of radio knowledge in there in terms of like hosting a radio show. It's probably like very like Howard Stern School of Radio vibes. Totally. That would be really interesting to go and hear like from an actual class. I would do anything to go back to school. I just YouTubed half the things I do now. You know what I mean? We all do. (laughs) We all do. I Choose the Ladder is a career resource for Black women on the corporate climb. Founded by Watchin Nayanu, I Choose the Ladder provides resources, services, and products to help bridge the gap between ambitious Black women who want to climb the corporate ladder and the corporations who understand how important it is for their bottom line to attract and retain that group. Watchin grew up in Liberia and moved to the U.S. after living through the Liberian Civil War for two years. She went on to work for incredible companies like Comedy Central and Yahoo and is now the SVP of Marketing Partnerships for the WMBA team in Chicago, the Chicago Sky, as well as running I Choose the Ladder. After reconnecting with some of her Black girlfriends and Black students at her alma mater, she realized that Black women don't have enough access to career mentors. In starting I Choose the Ladder, Watchin aims to give the access and resources that she's had in her career to women who look just like her and who want to not just exist in corporate America, but thrive and leave their mark. I Choose the Ladder hosts a weekly podcast, live events like a career chat every Tuesday on Instagram Live, career summits, and a monthly virtual office hour for all of their subscribers. If you subscribe, every Monday you'll get articles that she's found helpful as a Black woman navigating corporate life. 
like career development resources, job opportunities, upcoming events, and special partner promotions and giveaways. You can subscribe to their weekly newsletter, The Memo, simply by texting CLIMB to 66866. That's C-L-I-M-B to 66866. And visit their website, ichoosetheladder.com. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. But so now we're in 2020. You literally work with every brand on the face of the planet, high end, mid end, and you're a star on TikTok, which we are getting into because <laughs> I honestly asked Brittany on the show because I want to know all about TikTok. <laughs> I think I posted a photo with you during Fashion Week and I got a gajillion DMs from like people I know being like, oh my God, I love her TikTok. And I'm like, what's a TikTok? <laughs> Swear to God, that was my response. <laughs> It's so, so that's why Brittany's on the show today. <laughs> We're going to get there. Um, but how would you describe what you do today? Hmm. I don't <laughs> fucking know. I'm just kidding. My favorite question. No, you know, my daughter, when she moved schools from when she was going to her new school in fourth grade, so she moved there. So we were trying to meet some of the families, you know, and so fourth grade, I don't even know how old is that, but she was telling them that some of the parents thought that we owned a shipping company because we got so many boxes. And Jaden's like, oh, I told him that you get a lot of packages. And so they thought that we had like a shipping company. <laughs> I was like, Jaden, I mean, are you telling people we're doing? She's like, I just told him you like go through clothes, you like open packages. I'm like, no. I'm like okay, wonderful. It's a very rational conclusion. And by the way, like a, a very rational assessment. Like if you zoom out, it's a lot of that. Like, yeah, I guess we own a UPS. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> no, Aww, I know. Bless her heart. But she was, she's like, mom, no one's going to know what a blog is. Why would I tell them that? I'm like, I'm pretty sure some of your friends might know what that is. These days? Yeah. yeah. That was in fourth grade. Now she's in, she's in seventh. She's going into eight. So how would she describe you now? Mm-hmm. I still don't know if she knows what we fully do, but I would say definitely, I don't know. I hate saying influencer because it just seems like such a random word. And I also think like if I was to explain it to, especially like say I met some of Jaden's friends, parents, and I said I was an influencer. It's like, what does that mean on the day to day? Like, what do you even do? It's just like not a good way to explain it. It's And also if you're not in the industry, you're like, oh, okay. And they're, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it really explains it. So I don't know. I don't really use that word ever. I don't think it does either. Usually I'll say like, I'm a digital creative or a content creator creator yeah, like that works. I think that also makes a lot, that is a much more rational thing to say than I think influencer. I've had so many people, like every person I've had on the show have been like, what do you think about the word influencer? Yeah. I don't, I don't really think, I think it's a little outdated because I get that you're influencing, but it's like, I don't know. It's just such a random word to me. Like it's just, it is really random. And I feel like it was made up by people who don't actually do what we do. Totally. And it was just like to put us in a box. Yeah. And I, I do say too, I'm like, oh, I'm in digital marketing. So if someone that way, I don't really have to get not into bad. it that much. It's not very, it's like basically what I do without having to say like who I work for, what I do. Like it just kind of. Totally. Yeah. That's what I say for like very short answer. <laughs> and then we say, oh yeah, we have our own business and digital marketing. So it's like easy and they can kind of see like we work with brands. Like we're obviously doing, we're probably doing content, you know. And a lot, a lot more too during quarantine, I've been doing a lot of creation for brands just because they can't hire models. They can't hire a team right now. Like it's been really nice. That's been so interesting to see. Like if you go on Urban Outfitters, like they've used all models like who are just taking shots at home. Yeah. It's really cool. It's so I hope cool. that they continue doing it after. Yeah, I do It's a lot more authentic to me. Yeah, I, I really like it. And it's nice because then it's, it also firms that we, they need they need us even more too. Like, especially in time when I thought I was going to slow down, it actually got a lot busier for me because the content shifted to where it's now like, okay, maybe you can hold off on posting on your feed, but we actually need photos for us because we don't have anything to post. Right. So that's, that was actually surprising. I did not think that was going to happen during this time for sure. 
I think that's like another hack for creators. I think a lot of people think that it has to do with like your own input on your own feed, but I think people undervalue how much brands need content. Right. And like pitching yourself as that, being like, hey, especially for people who are just starting out on social media, like going to a brand that you love and being like, you don't have to pay me. I love your brand. I want to create content for you guys that you can use on your feed. I'm not going to post it on my channel. Maybe we'll get to that point one day, but like, here are some things you can use. You can see my range. You can see how we're, our synergies are there and we'll go from there. Right. I always think that's like a good, a good little tip that people underestimate. Yeah. And especially too, when everything's shut down right now, it's like forced to go in that direction. And also I think totally after things are going to pick up and people are more working from home, that might continue as well, just because people might not be flying as much to have a whole shoot for Mm -hmm. production. So it's really interesting. Yeah. So you and Anthony are literally the dream team. Mm, Thanks. Dream team. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) You guys work together. He's a photographer. He shoots a lot of your content. I'd love to hear a little bit about like what that dynamic is like, especially because I feel like a lot of people in our space are do work together as a couple. Yeah. So I always like to ask like what that dynamic's like and how you guys are able to like split the responsibilities, but then also have personal time as like a couple who also works together. So in the beginning, it was really difficult. Like when I quit my job, I was at home and I kind of felt like I was at, on vacation because I was working from home now, but it was weird because I wasn't going in anywhere. It was a very different experience for me. So a year after he quit and we were both working together full time. So that was in, I think that was in 2016. We were both together full time. And that like first five months, I remember being like, we were so irritated with each other. We would constantly like nitpick. I would send him an email, like following up with something and I'm sitting right next to him. He's like, what are you doing? Like you're being annoying. So we definitely had to set out and figure out, okay, what is your role? What are things you're working on? What can I work on? That that way, none of us are following up with each other just to piss each other off because we were like both right. like really nitpicky. And once we defined what roles we were both doing, it was completely different. We were in sync more. We were able to like have fun together and joke and like separate it as well. Instead of being so irritated that like someone didn't do what we assume the other person right. was going to do and we didn't. So just like having that like really open communication and we found different apps that would like streamline our to-do lists and cool. What do you guys use? We use Trello. I don't know. So do I, I just started using it with my interns. I love it. It's amazing. And so everything's in there. So, and then we can, you know, you pull it across to see where everything's at. So once we started using that, it was really nice too, because there's no like questioning like, oh, did you see that? Did you review it? It's all in there. So we could just check that really quickly and see just like really making sure like our calendars were in sync. So there was nothing that it was like, oh, hey, I'm taking off today. I have this event. And he's like, oh, I thought we were shooting. You know, it's like very, we calendar everything. So we calendar the shoots, we calendar the preview dates, we, everything's calendared. So that's nice too, because there's no confusion. So then we like, we also calendar right. like when we're going to do like we're spontaneous, but we also do like, okay, we're going to do a family dinner and we're going to go out or, you know, we definitely try to calendar those. I think that's important. I'm an organizational freak. I calendar everything. Yeah. My friends get so annoyed with me because they're, they're like, why can't you just hang out right now? And I'm like, I know, same. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, that's can't. just not like the person that I am. Yeah. Like, I can if you want, but I'm going to be a little weird because you broke my calendar. Yeah, I'm definitely like that for sure. So I think it just like, it creates like structure for your brain, for you to work around. I totally yeah. get it. And I think especially in a relationship, it's probably really important to like define that clarity so yeah. that there aren't any like misunderstandings. And you also are carving out the time, just as much time for your family time as you are for work. Especially for me, I always think Jaden's 13. I only have a few more summers until she's 18. So like, I always think that like, I really need to take time to be at home with her and like take those memories because at 18, you know, 19, is she really going to be wanting to go to the beach with me, with her friends? Like, no, you know what I mean? Like, I'm really trying to take those moments in right now because she still does want to hang out with us. And I'm so happy because she doesn't have an option right now because everyone's at home. (laughs) But she does. She's like, hey, what are we doing today? Do you you guys want to watch a movie? I'm like, oh, sure. You know? Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You've been so open about your journey to motherhood, especially as being a young mother. And I'd love to hear a little bit about how that has shaped the current world that you live in, but also how it's impacted you as an entrepreneur? I think I struggled a lot with like being pregnant and just like, that was not for me. Like I did not want to have be married, did not want to have kids. So I think that for someone like me who was so career driven, it was even harder. I felt like, because 
So for me, I felt like the whole pregnancy was very, I was very detached because I was just like, this is not my life. You know, like I'm just going to, you know, I was thinking of adoption for until like seven months. I was literally like, nope, this is not my baby. Like I got pregnant, but like, you know, this baby is like for someone other family. So for me, my mom's like, you were not maternal. I'm like, I know, like, I don't know what's my deal. Like it's just not kicking in for me. But then I started looking at families through adoption. I was just like, well, there's no guarantee that that family is going to be better than like what I can provide. And as far as like, will she be abused? Will anything happen? Well, like, you know, like you just don't have a hundred percent guarantee with any family, depending on what their profile looks like, you know? Yeah. So I got started getting really protective after that. And I was like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe adoption is just not the route that I was going to go. So yeah, I think when, and Jaden puts this together too, because when I had quit my job, when I was working full-time and I quit to do the blog full-time, that was the summer. I'm trying to remember what year it was, but it was 2015. So she, I quit at May. So she was out of school. And so that was her first summer of not having to do daycare. So she correlates like me doing the blog with like her not having to go to daycare anymore. And hmm. it's really cute because she was like, wow, this is so cool. Cause all those times when I was able to like, you know, work from home before she would go, you know, to daycare Monday through Friday it was nice for her. And so at one point I was getting really overwhelmed with it towards the end. And she was like, mom, but like, I really like you doing the blog because it's fun to just get picked up right after school and not have to go to like the after school care. And that clicked for me. I'm like, this is why I'm doing this. Like I wouldn't have quit my job if I didn't have her. And she, you know, I could be a stay at home mom in a way, but also make my own schedule. So that's always really motivated me. It's like, I want to keep the focus. Like, yeah, I want to be successful. I want to work hard. But at the same time, it's like, if I only work hard and not have those memories with her, not be there for her, then this is all pointless because this was the reason why I quit. Otherwise I would have just kept doing both. I would have just been like, no, I love my career. And I, you know, I'm working I'm doing my blog on the side, but I really just try to keep that in focus is like, why are we doing all this? And I talked to some of my friends too, because even when quarantine happened, they were so structured. They'd never traveled. They didn't take those times, you know, those vacations with our kids. And they're like, now I wish I would have because I'm working so hard, you know, and I'm not taking these time off to just like chill. And now, you know, with quarantine, now we can't go anywhere and not taking advantage of the times like those memories that you really just don't get back. So yeah, trying to keep that in perspective for sure throughout all of this. But yeah, that's a lot. No, that was actually great. I'm really sorry that you had a difficult pregnancy. I'm sorry to hear that you had to go through that. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely like looking back, I would never change it because it made me who I am today. And also it's made me very time managed. So I'm very, you know, time structured because I was working full time and going to school full time. So when I would write my research papers, it was always super late at night, like after she went to bed, but I was always the most productive because I knew I'm like, I have to get this done. I have to get a good grade on it. So I feel like that has always helped me be like, well, I'm tired, whatever. I'm going to push through. And I have like a very odd sleep schedule, but I get stuff done. So I'm like, (laughs) whatever. It's all that matters. (laughs) All that matters. Yeah. Fourth Avenue Market is an online superstore for professional quality hair, beauty, and personal care products to solve the unmet needs of black and brown consumers. As the largest Black-owned hair and beauty supply store targeting people of color, they aim to create a simple shopping experience, offering easier access to a diverse inventory of brands you love at the best prices. Fourth Avenue Market was named after the Fourth Avenue District in Birmingham, Alabama, where Black men, women, and children fought for the right not just to exist, but to achieve and run businesses for the Black community in the early 1900s. For decades, people of color have been underserved by the retail industry. Fourth Avenue Market disrupts that by providing a frictionless e-commerce platform for people to buy and producers to sell while operating at the exciting intersection of commerce, content, culture, and community, creating an innovative and sustainable ecosystem powered by the people it serves. With over 6,000 products, ranging from hair care to skincare, and a curated blog filled with expert tips and insights, Fourth Avenue Market provides an unparalleled beauty experience by the Black community for the Black community. Head to 4thAvenueMarket.com. That's the number 4-T-H-A-V-E-M-A-R-K-E-T.com to check out their full product selection.
If you don't mind me asking, how has it been raising a teenager in the climate that we're in right now? It's been, it's been good for us to have those good conversations. And especially with the school that I had put her in in fourth grade that she's currently in now, they pride themselves in diversity. So when we were touring the campus, that was one of the things that really stood out to me. Like I could see in the classrooms that like, even though they said they were diverse, like I could see in the classrooms, like they were diverse and there was black right. kids there. That was hugely important for us. And I toured some of the other schools in Pasadena because their private school system has like quite a bit of private schools you can choose from. The school that she's at now, like I really love it, but because she does have black friends, she has black teachers. She, you know, she's surrounded by strong black leaders in her life. I think the conversation of Black Lives Matter with this whole even with quarantine too, it's just like, she has never thought differently of that. Like, wait, why would someone even question someone because of their skin color? I think it was like really good conversation to have because it's almost like we do live a little bit in a bubble of like, well, doesn't everyone have black friends? I'm like, no, some people don't. Some people literally don't think that that's right to even have a black friend, you know, and having those conversations where she's like, that's so, so bizarre to her, but it's also good to be like, we need to talk about it because I never would have brought it up because I would have thought that, you know, her experience and her life experience is what she's learning from and she's accepting, but not talking about it is also strange too. It's just like a conversation I never would have had. So it's been really good this week. And I wanted her to come to the protest. I asked her, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go protest. If not, you can totally stay at home. I'm going to go. But if you want to come, like I'm, you know, it's, we're going to go in the daytime. We're going to leave before curfew is going to be fine, you know, but She's like, yeah, I want to go. So she was really adamant. You know, we made signs together, but she was very much like, no, I want to go. I want to, this is what I want to write on my sign. So I thought that was like really sweet of her too, to be like, no, I want to stand up for this, which I was like really proud of her for. A hundred percent. And she was just so sweet there. Cause she was just like, you know, it was just like nice to be there and for her to see like everyone come together. And I said, if this ever happens, like, later on in your life, like, you know, the right thing to do is like stand up for what's right, even though it's going to be uncomfortable. And, you know, so I was really proud of her through that. And also just like seeing how she was like, what else can we do? Like, what should we donate to? Like she was, you know, she has some of her own money saved and it's so cute. Yeah. She's been learning a lot and, you know, it's just been nice to see her heart as she's just like, so willing to like learn more. And, you know, we're talking about different we were talking about the Confederate flag and, you know, the Confederate statues yeah. down just different things. I'm like, I would have never talked to her about this before because also I'm learning a lot right now that I'm like, what the hell yeah. is going on in our country? But it's been nice to have That's a really special thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. That's awesome. And also she was like, oh, it's safer than everyone's making it seem like. But obviously we went to like downtown City Hall. No one was that's another. Like, yeah. But that's another great thing like to instill yeah. in young kids. Like do not trust news all the time like right. go out see it for yourself make your own judgment right. um you don't need to listen to all the news outlets to have your own opinion like do your own 100%. research educate yourself whether that's going out and protesting or google researching and doing whatever you can so you have your own informed thought and you're not just like a parrot from the news right so that's really cool yeah. yeah i have loved seeing all of i mean again we're back to tiktok but i've loved seeing your tiktok <laughs> in general but specifically now during this civil rights movement that we're in, I think you've used it in a very creative way to to inform your audience. So for people who don't know, Brittany, how long have you been on TikTok now? <laughs> like seven months? I started TikTok in the beginning of November. So probably- Okay, so like month, month, eight, seven-ish, whatever, not even a year. <laughs> She's got like a million or so, million, three, four, whatever, somewhere in there, followers <laughs> on Instagram. In her small seven, eight months on TikTok, she has- <laughs> double the amount of the followers that she's worked so hard for so many years to get on Instagram. She's got like two point something million followers on TikTok, but she posts everything from like amazing, like beauty tricks to like styling tips. Um, And recently she's been using her platform to talk all about the civil rights movement. But so I love how you've been using TikTok to amplify the message. I think it's really awesome. I'd love to pick your brain a little bit about the platform, especially because you are like a top creator for them. And I don't get it. (laughs) 
Ask Brittany, literally, <laughs> literally for months, I've been like, what is this thing? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, so for everybody who doesn't know, I have a ghost TikTok. I don't post on it. I sit in bed every <laughs> night. My boyfriend will sometimes catch me and he'll be like, wow, you're fully on TikTok right now. But I just sit on TikTok and I swipe through and I try to keep myself cool. Well, that's actually what the majority of users on TikTok do. So the majority do not post. So they just consume. They don't ever produce. So, which is interesting because I'm like Instagram where you can consume, but also you can post a photo here and there. Like it can be personal. TikTok's not really used for like a personal feed. It's not like what you're doing every day. It's entertainment. So it's definitely not, I don't look at it as like, oh, it's social media. I'm interacting. It's definitely like an entertainment platform. It's not social media. Okay. I guess they would categorize it as social media. I don't, I don't. Right. It's a platform. Yeah. But you're not like, I have my DMs off. Like no one's DMing me on there. I'm not like asking my friends what they're doing. Like on Instagram, I use it as like a little bit of an inbox for my emails as well. I talk to you more on DMs than we do. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So TikTok's definitely not like that. But so each video, the nice thing too, I love about TikTok is that each video could potentially go viral because the algorithm's not based on the following amount. It's based on the video quality and the rewatch time or the rewatch amount. Echoing that for anybody who hates Instagram (laughs) for the algorithm. (laughs) TikTok algorithm is so refreshing. I'm obsessed with it because you post your video and if it's rewatched quite a bit, then it'll continue to spread. So you can have zero followers and have like a really viral video and that's crazy followers. Yeah. So I had a viral video. What a concept, Instagram. What a concept. And the discoverability on there is amazing. You can find so many people just from being on your For You page. Like that's basically like I follow people, but when I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling my For You page. I'm not really scrolling my following unless I've kind of gone through all my For You page like for a while. Right. I don't even have a For You page because I haven't even like signed up to make an account. So like I can't even like things. So mine is, I think, just like a jumble of like maybe the best videos out there. That's still for you page. You don't even have to have an account to watch the for you page, but yet you can't, they count that as a rewatch, but they don't count. I don't think they can count the shares on it. Cause I don't think you can grab the link. Right. Cause you don't have, Oh my God. What do you mean? I send my sister. I send everybody. So you can't like it. Cause you don't have a user name or anything. Right? I can't like it, but I share them constantly. Okay. So the shares go into the algorithm as well. So if it's shared and it's rewatched, that's like a huge that's a huge part of the algorithm more than the likes. So the likes aren't counted as much, but the nice thing is because of that discoverability, like you can be so creative because each video, it's not about the feed or not what the cover photo looks like. It's really about like the creativity and the story you're telling with each video. And what really works on there is like really doing a lot of like educational or like a takeaway video. So there's some tip, there's something that they're getting. There's some reason why they want to go back to the video whether it's like really, really funny, there's maybe a cooking tip, a style tip, something that's like, oh, I found this really cool thing online. And it's this hack that helps me with this, you know? My favorite of Brittany's videos are your Amazon ones. She's like five things from Amazon that just make sense. She's like, (laughs) here's how I organize my fridge. How do I keep my hair straightener from not burning my surface? Like it is brilliant. Well, and I also get a lot of the ideas for my videos from DMs that I'm getting on Instagram. So like any questions that I'm getting consistently, that's like usually where I find my video ideas from. And I'll do like a Q&A on Instagram. Like, oh, what videos do you want to see? A lot of times people think I'm talking about YouTube. I don't really like say like, oh, it's going to be a TikTok video because a lot of the Instagram following like just won't ever get on TikTok. So it's like, I count it completely separate. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think it's like, it's interesting too, because TikTok, the audience, I think it's like, I forget what the percentage was, but most of them don't have Instagram, which is very interesting. In your opinion, who is the TikTok audience? It's definitely Gen Z for sure, which is Jaden. And they don't have Instagram. A lot of them don't have Instagram because that's just not something that they've been used to having. And I was listening to an interview that you did. You found TikTok because you saw Jaden on it, right? Yeah. I saw her (laughs) screen time was so high. I'm like, what do you want? What do you want? Because all her other social apps were like, they have a screen time limit. So like she couldn't go on them very much. So it's like, but also like her screen time limit wasn't even used as much as it was limited to on Instagram. And on, I think what was the other one? I had limited, I think Snapchat. But TikTok, I like didn't have a parental controller or anything. I didn't even know what it was. 
And she had been talking about with her friends. Like I knew that she was like talking about it a lot. Like they would be doing stuff in their, their room. I thought they were like filming, you know, those fake commercials or I didn't really know what they're doing. But I was like, I don't know. So when I looked into it and I was like, she's like, I was like, is it appropriate? What are you watching? What kind of video? So she showed me a lot of them, like dogs. They were funny. Like there was a lot of like, it's really just how you interact with your for you page. That's what you see more of. So it's like kind of what she was into. And so I was like, oh, this is fun. So I downloaded it. But realizing that there's a whole other audience that's like untapped on there that I can show my style tips to. And, you know, but I've also seen, I have seen the transfer of like, when I get a higher reviewed video, I'll see my Instagram following go up that day. So it definitely does correlate. Like the people that do have Instagram on there will find you if they're like, want to see more. But for the most part, like I don't even promote half of my videos on TikTok to Instagram. Like it just, it, you don't need to promote them for it to do well on TikTok because the algorithm is so like, you know, based on the video. So if it's a shitty video, you promote it to Instagram. It doesn't matter if all your followers look, if it doesn't spread, it's not going to spread further. It's its own community. Totally. As somebody who's seen success on the platform, can you describe what it is through your lens? Because I know that you post a lot of original videos, but in my Mm -hmm. weird, creepy, stalkery purview of it, there's a lot of like, someone makes an original song or like track and then everybody replicates it. So like I became obsessed, yeah. obsessed with like the strawberries and the bugs for like yes. a week and a half. Same. But and like, I have not eaten strawberries since. No, I haven't either. Can you explain kind of like that ecosystem of how it works where it's like partially original, partially, partially like your own spin on things? So it's, it's definitely originated with um, dancing because it used to be considered, it used to be called Musical.ly and they were bought by TikTok. Right. So Musical.ly was basically all lip syncing, all dancing. So when TikTok purchased, it wanted it to have more, more audiences where it could be more like the educational. They really wanted to bring it in, like getting away a little bit from dancing, but also that's still like how the big TikTokers on there are like known for dancing. So basically a lot of that stems from a viral, you know, dance will happen or a song and then people will do that song in their own spin. But if you go to the trending music, you'll see all the top music that's all like, and you can click on the sound and it'll go through all the videos that are with that sound. And you'll usually be able to see like what the trend is. But I think a really good thing for before you started doing any videos on there is just like scroll the for you page for like two hours straight and you'll understand like what it's like exactly. research sometimes. You mm-hmm. can totally see what the trends are, what the concepts are happening, like because you can scroll for a little bit and be like, I do not get it. And then like, you keep going, you're like, oh, there's like a different variation of that song or that person's doing like, this song means this trend or the green screen happening. Like there's different things that happen. It's totally interesting because those trends aren't like permeating through popular culture, like trends that you and I are used to with like fashion where we see it everywhere. Like those trends exist solely in the bubble of TikTok. Like I would have not known about the strawberry bugs thing. I think you posted it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, all right, I'm going on TikTok. Let me see what's going on here. And like, I did it at my mom's house in front of my whole family. And they literally thought I was having a psychotic breakdown. (laughs) <laughs> so I was like, you guys don't understand. Millions of people are talking about this on TikTok. My mom's like, what's well, a TikTok? So, you know, it was no. just an awkward moment all around. No, and I, I kind of like it too, because it does keep me really in sync with like what Jaden is like talking about, what her friends, it's kind of like keeps me in sync with like what's moms get on, on TikTok. With, literally, <laughs> because honestly, there's a whole other culture on there that's like not. It's funny though, because when you hear the songs that are really trending right now, they're all TikTok songs, like all the, you know, the top, Yes. And, or whatever. They're all, but it's funny because my friends who aren't on TikTok are like, where's the song from? Like, it's literally from TikTok. That's how like most of the songs do really well right now is just like getting viral on TikTok. Like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's crazy. Guys, I know my shit. <laughs> Brittany and I are going to do a take my first ever TikTok to promote this, this episode. <laughs> No, it's fun though because do. videos do so well on Instagram, but it's like, I always repost my TikTok videos and people have no idea like that. It's like, I've already, they're old videos on TikTok that I'm just posting to Instagram. But I think it has so much to do, like for so long, I think Instagram hit the peak of its bubble and all of us were like, what's the next frontier? What are we going to do? And I think Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they all kind of overlap each other. But it's a really unique opportunity to find a new platform where you're completely engaging with a totally different type of audience and it doesn't need to be so succinct with everything else. I think that speaks a lot to like, I see so many creatives now, like we just had Benny Drama on the show, like 
he talked all about the necessity to find, like take your content and, and chop it up, whatever you need to do so that it suits many different platforms. So like he knows on Facebook, sometimes the jokes that like he does on Instagram might not land. So like there's a different cut of it or like for Instagram stories, IGTV, like being able to repurpose your content so it can like attract as many audiences as possible is so important right now. Yeah, no. And I think people too are like, oh, well, do you think TikTok's too saturated? But it's like, they, they can't think of it as an Instagram algorithm. So it's like to say it's yeah, too because saturated. You can be a new person. Sense. Yeah. Right. You can be someone new and still go viral. Right. And you can have like amazing ideas or you can have cool humor or like, it really just depends on what your video type is like. So it's like, right. to say it's saturated. It's not based on following. So it's really interesting because people have to get on TikTok to understand how it works. Totally. So it's like, I think that if people really got creative and like storyboarded brainstorm, like, you know, is that your process, by the way? Yeah, I definitely storyboard everything <laughs> because I do like, I like to do a lot of transitions. And so you have to know. Yeah. So like, I see like, you and Jaden, like walking through the mirror, like one at a time. And then like, all of a sudden you're in a new outfit and it's like yeah. a whole thing. Like, so you storyboard that like you would a movie. Yeah. Because basically like when you're filming it, you don't want to be going filming it as you're winging it as it's happening because you want to make sure like oh this like if I'm transitioning this way then I need to move out for my next motion to be so like is smooth so like you have to already have those ideas in place right so we've got a pandemic our careers have probably shifted a ton because of that and you're dealing with a new platform I'd love to hear what you feel (laughs) the biggest challenge for 2020 will be for you I think the biggest challenge for me is like, if everything did start to go back to normal, like I don't, I think there was always going to be like a different type of normal now, like with traveling, but it's like, I'm doing so much right now. And especially too, like, I'm starting to book more TikTok jobs, which are, have a deadline now before I was just doing it for fun. And there was nothing like do, or there was, you know, no concept do before, like a lot of more drafts go into the TikTok because there's like a lot of editing that I'd have to do in the app. So just like not taking this time for granted. and also being able to balance everything and realizing like what some things I would just have to say no to going into the future if my schedule is just like too heavy travel. So I think just being really well-rounded is super important for 2020 because so many brands are going to be struggling with COVID and with the pandemic. And it's like really making sure that you're well-rounded to where you are someone that they're going to want to pick versus someone who doesn't convert, who doesn't like put an extra effort. Brands are going to have a little bit I think they're really going to want where they can hire you and you can give them five things from your platform than someone who's like, I only know how to take photos this way. You right. Know what I mean, totally. So like just being really well-rounded is going to be super helpful for 2020 with, with like the brands starting to like re-up all their jobs. Yeah. And everything, so I think that's a great answer. I'm so glad we got to have you on today. Find Brittany on TikTok. Yay. You won't find me on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thankful for you for coming on. Thank you again. Oh, thanks for having me. Okay. I'll talk of to course. you later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and MTRmedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liz Perez on Instagram.